Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. James Simmons! Come on! (laughs) (laughs) That was a surprise. Oh, my God. Welcome to the morning beat. Justin, our producer, is on fire clearly this morning. AJ Gibson is is out. He uh, very... Uh, excitingly found his wedding venue in Mexico. So we have Dr. James Simmons, but you might be a doctor, honey, (laughs) but you get that price that is right. Sure did. And those high kicks. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Did you even know that you could get, okay. For our listeners that may not understand, uh, give us like a backstory. So uh, price is right. I was in the first episode of price is right post COVID last year. And someone reached out to me very randomly on on social media and was like, Hey, price is right is doing an episode for frontline workers and healthcare heroes and whatever. Like we think your energy would be great for this. And I was like, sure. So there's a whole process Zoom and whatever, all the auditioning. And, you know, there's no crowd, obviously. There's no audience. Right. So they just, they sort of pick you and they kind of tell you, well, maybe you'll get on and maybe you won't. And most of us end up getting on, but they're like, bring the energy because you have to make up for 300 people not being there in the crowd. So, but it was the first time they'd filmed post-COVID. So we have like masks and shields and whatever. And, you know, there's union guys running around and he can touch this light and the other person can and whatever. It took like nine hours to film a one hour episode. So every time they're like, come out and be big and do these kicks. Well, I've been doing high kicks since like the womb. So I come out and I'm like high kicking everywhere <laughs> and I'm like spinning around and I'm like sashaying and then they're like, that was great. We need to do another take. Stop. So That's for like so eight just kept hours, Honey, I just showgirl. kept kicking. No, I am 42 and 240 pounds. Like, did that stop you? you? Know did what, that stop you? Did it, I didn't move from the couch for like the next three days. <laughs> I was so sore. I was so sore. And I'm not giving a lot away, but I end up sort of kind of winning. I lo- You kind of did win big. I, I kind of did. It was wild. It was super fun. Well, I'm so happy. Yesterday was so much fun kicking off Pride with you. Um, we are celebrating the L uh, and the LGBT this week. Talking we about sure some are. incredible lesbians that are really making a difference. Um, and uh, we have a great show for you today. We've got two major guests. You happen to know them. They're friends of yours. So um, Johnny Sibley, who's incredible. You know mm-hmm. him from Pose. And then I was not familiar with the show Hack. Yes, Hack. Carl uh-huh. Clemens Hawkins is starring in. He's kind of like the lead, right? Yeah. So literally when they're... The, so Hacks is the new show on HBO Max that everybody is talking about right now. It stars Gene Smart, Hannah Einbinder, and Carl Clemens Hopkins, who happens to be a friend. And I was like, hey, Carl, like we need to talk about this show because it is blowing up. His character is wild. He's also gay in the show Obsessed. and like everything. So we have that coming up with Carl and Johnny together. It's going to be kind of wild, the four of us. I love it. I'm 
so excited. Uh, the show sounds incredible. I can't wait. I love Johnny Sibley. And then we've got Frankie Grande joining us talking about Rainbow Thon. It's his second uh, year doing it. He raised over almost $55,000 last yeah. year for the LGBTQ Center. Isn't that crazy? There's so, so much work that the LGBTQ Center here in LA has been doing and centers all over the country, really. And you, you, uh, you know, made a good point previously, Michaela, talking about how when, you know, these centers, when everything else in the world closed, these centers stayed open for everyone else and for the community. And so yeah. Frankie raising money for the center is, is fantastic doing it again this year. Absolutely. Well, this hour, we're actually going to pick your brain. You're the doctor. So we're going to do an extra what the health. Uh, there's a story coming out. It's kind of crazy. This mom uh, adopted this little girl and now she's being charged with uh, m- medical child abuse. Mm. We're diving into Munchausen's by proxy. And that's, it's so intense. It's fascinating to me in the sense that it's not uh, like, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's cool at all. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand the workings of someone's mind where Mm -hmm. that would make sense. Like I'm an aunt Mm -hmm. and I just don't understand where you would comfortably harm your child multiple surgeries mm-hmm. you know so she's we're talking about nearly it. nearly 500 different procedures for this poor little girl and Horrible. this is unfortunately not uncommon so we we have that coming up it's it's kind of a difficult thing to talk about but also something that i think we don't talk about enough and i'm I, glad we're going to spend a little time with it i agree all right well first we got some news on the beat so president joe biden issued his first pride month and proclamation today to honor lgbtq individuals who are fighting to live freely and authentically while former president barack obama issued similar proclamations donald trump did not like obama biden touts the advances made by the lgbtq community over recent years from supreme court victories to legislative advances he also calls on Congress to legislation to protect the community from discrimination. He also highlights his administration's focus on diversity, including LGBTQ appointees, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and Assistant Health Secretary Dr. Rachel Levine. Get special shout-outs. Buttigieg is the first out gay cabinet member to be confirmed by the Senate, uh, and Dr. Rachel is the first transgender person to be confirmed by the Senate. Now, while Biden continues to call on the Senate to pass the Equality Act, landmark civil rights legislations that would include housing, employment, public accommodation, health, and credit protections for the LGBTQ community. The bills do appear to be stalled, uh, but we'll continue that conversation later on in Red, White, and Q with Sam McGarrett Pate. First, let's do a little weather. It's going to be a high of 108 in Cathedral City, 93 in Sacramento, 70 in Cleveland, uh, 75 in Buffalo, 61 in San Francisco, and 77 in Kansas City. Now, before we get to your vibe, Dr. James, I have to say something really great that's happening during Pride Month. Ralph's and Food for Less are partnering with Channel Q and the Los Angeles LGBTQ Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBTQ youth and seniors in need. All you have to do is text FRIDGE to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBTQ Pantry. Donations are going to be doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less. So many people don't understand that um, it is our LGBTQ youth and senior citizens who oftentimes don't have enough food to get them through the month. So you can help uh, make sure that there are full days of hot meals for our community. Text FRIDGE to 20357. Now give us a vibe of the day. Forgive yourself for all of the personal habits and patterns you settled for when you weren't in your power. 
Ooh, I needed that today. Good one. Isn't that great? La la Love it. Forgive yourself. Love it. Love it. Uh, All right, well, coming up in What the Health, a mother is being accused of medically abusing her six-year-old. We're diving into Munchausen by proxy disease with Dr. James Simmons next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, I'm so excited because Dr. James Simmons is joining us. Uh, I got got to have you yesterday. And I think my most favorite part of doing the show with you was the conversations we had in the parking lot when we left. Absolutely. That was my favorite part of the day. (laughs) Not that we delivered you listeners anything of quality or substance yesterday, just the conversations we had. We gave you a lot of substance. It was the walk to the car that really pleased me. Absolutely. I do feel really bad for Justin, though, because we're both a little like mm, ADDE and like non sequitur and just like a little bit all over the place. And poor Justin has to like wrangle two of us I know. I I feel like we're the same person. Kind of. And like (laughs) used to like do like, that thing for you uh-huh, and call then me AJ, AJ like, does that for me <laughs> and then the two of us are like love you what's going on this bitch? would be great to put the two of them together because we both scream a lot yeah that- we scream <laughs> listen we did an interview yesterday and we're like what's going on guys <laughs> woo woo <laughs> Aye, aye, aye. Well, try not to scream at you too much. Well, listen, I think we can have a good time because when it comes to really important conversations, we call you for our What the Health segment. And the story is really disturbing. I saw it a few days ago. Um, It's just very... It's so dysfunctional on so many levels. So um, this woman... Uh, she lives in Seattle, Washington. Her, her name is Sophie Hartman. Uh, and she adopted her daughter um, as an infant and it's come to uh, fruition that she's been falsely claiming her six-year-old suffered from a rare neurological disorder. Um, and she's now being charged for medical abuse against her six-year-old. <sighs> it's so strange to even like racially it's mm-hmm. a very odd thing. It's a weird, I, and I'd actually like for you to unpack that. Absolutely. If yeah. you don't mind, because of course. it's very complicated. The, it is complicated. So just so for the listeners know that when we bring this up, the, the mother is white and she adopted her daughter from Zambia. So a black child who is now only six years old. She adopted this child from infancy and has since infancy up until now the daughter's only six there have been more almost 500 medical procedures including a feeding tube including ostomy bags including requiring this child to use braces and to to try to walk and be in a wheelchair and all of these other she's on oxygen at night in a CPAP machine and all these things for a six-year-old for this rare disorder uh, called alternating hemiplasia of childhood which is super mega rare and in this case it's not true so but here's my question how is it not true how did doctors not be able to tell that that's not what she was i mean because if somebody if i came to you and i said i think that joe has a uh neurological disorder mm-hmm. you're not gonna go oh okay you're like, great. Well, <laughs> that's going to be a lot of testing. It. Yeah. Uh-huh. How did she get away with this? The same way that, what was the movie that came out, remember? And um, it was, she dressed her up like a princess. It was a big film that came oh, out. Oh, I know what You know what I'm even. talking yeah. about yeah, with, yeah. Um, oh, come on. with Oh, uh, I can't remember. But it was a big, it was, we loved it, Justin. We loved this movie. Justin, what's wrong with you that you don't remember Justin, this? Justin, you know this movie. 
Yes, I, I I don't know what you're talking. I need more information. I know it was a big film that came <laughs> a out. Star, a but what line. but what these what happens in these things to sort of answer your question, Michaela is is. So I'll use one of these things, for example. So if you are underfeeding your child, right, a six-year-old, or let's say when she was three or four, right, that kid is still 100% responsible to you to feed them. Well, if you're not feeding this child and then they're malnourished, and then you take this child to a medical provider and say she can't eat, the medical provider has to go by what mom is saying, and they're seeing a malnourished child. So if you have a child that continuously is malnourished, hasn't been being fed by mom, is maybe told by mom when the nurses or the physicians or whoever give you food, don't swallow it, spit it out, because the child is bonded with mother and there's abuse going on and whatever, then ultimately these medical providers might be like, wow, this child really can't eat. She's not swallowing food. Like We have to get nutrition into her, so we should do something like a feeding tube. Mm. So it's super layered. It's super complex. I think the racial layer here uh, the imperialism layer here yeah, is like, a whole what is nother. That, that, uh, what is that? I mean, I, like a white woman adopting a black child yeah, from like Africa and then abusing them. Like, like just then, yeah. period. Yeah. Totally. Um, and also, I, I didn't even think about that, but I, it's essentially torturing the baby. Uh-huh, I mean, she's hungry. 100%. And there's another layer of this too, and uh, you know, I'm sorry if I'm going to piss off some some listeners, but I'm just giving you the facts and the truth of this. This woman uh, is devoutly religious, and apparently wove in some of her, you know, biblical beliefs and her religious beliefs into the care of this this child, why she adopted her in the first place, like a lot of that. So there's multifactorial, multiple layers here. Ultimately, the, the the problem is, and who we, of course, need to focus on is this six-year-old yeah. who's been abused, but now, thankfully, to the medical providers, you know, there were enough nurses who were like, hold up, wait a minute, something is fishy here. They finally reported her. She was taken away from mom's custody, hospitalized for 16 days to get her nutrition back. And incident, interestingly, in that 16 days, she walked. She was able to use the bathroom on her own. She ate on her own. She's completely fine. She can see, hear, do all the things that her mom said she couldn't do. Okay, but she's six years old. And so the question now is, can she recover from what has happened? Is there permanent medical damage? Also, on an emotional level, she was very bonded to her mother. Now Mm -hmm. she's forced to not only be away from her mom, but everything she's known. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what the mental and psychological damage from this is is going to be for sure. And I'm certainly not a child psychologist, but, you know, we can all sort of only imagine that. The other thing, too, is, yes, she's a six-year-old. She's going to grow and develop, and some of the scars from these surgeries will be permanent, but they'll ultimately heal. But think about the um, incredible development that happens in a young child, right? Where you need to be feeding them constantly. You need to be reading to them and talking to them and whatever. And this child has essentially lived her entire life in and out of hospitals and medical institutions without the proper care, proper feeding, proper love, like the true way to show love. Uh, I just, this absolutely breaks my heart. Munchausen's by proxy is the old school term for this. Um, Before we, uh, before we go quickly, does this kind, does this woman, is it a sense of like narcissism or is she really, Really, is does she is she suffering from a medical condition to think that this is okay that she needs attention? Generally, it it it's a psychological sort of disorder that uh, requires a hyper amount of attention for someone who has Munchausen's, which is like creating your own medical illnesses that don't exist for that medical attention. Munchausen's by proxy is then, and that's an old school term, but 
to someone else. And it is. It's a, it's a psychological disorder. This woman needs help. She needs counseling. Um, and it's really, really, it's tragic for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, well, coming up, we're going to continue uh, What the Health. The hit show Master of None is highlighting lesbian journeys towards motherhood and the trouble over 23 and Me. Coming up next with Dr. James Simmons. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We've got Dr. James Simmons here this week, and we are taking full advantage (laughs) of him. Why, thank you. You're so smart. I feel like you know everything. No, oh my gosh, no, absolutely not. I, you know what I tell people? If you ever come across a medical provider who tells you that they know everything, run. Well, I'm not a medical professional, and I tell everybody I know everything. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I'm running. Listen, I've had so much Botox and filler that I could literally be an RN. Okay, like I know what I'm. You're like I'm going to start my own injectable business. We're starting a business. Let's do it. I'm in. I mean, we're in LA. Your medical license, it's fine. It's like, yeah, sure. Just use this. Get into no, it. for the medical board that's listening and the nursing board, please do not. I am not letting other people practice under my license. Just, you know, okay. that's a whole thing. Well, if you won't let me practice under that, then I want to talk about um, other really important medical things. You know that me and Lisa have been on an IVF journey mm-hmm. uh, with HRC Fertility to start our own family. And it's complicated. Even though I'm a lesbian, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's like, <laughs> not a clue. I don't get it. Uh, but there's a really great um, story that's being highlighted thanks to the hit show Master of None um, that's showing not only IVF, which I think many people aren't familiar with, but there's trouble over 23 and me. You're the professional here. So what is going on? Well, I think what's really fun about this, so on Netflix's comedy Master of None, um, which uh, Anziz Ansari, there we go. I always say his name wrong. I but love the, him, by the way. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so they're, there's, they're depicting an IVF journey. And what I love sort of, you know, I guess this is sort of thematic for this morning. What I love about this is that it's a black lesbian who is on an IVF journey that's getting to be human. It's not like, hey, here's our token black lesbian or your sassy black girl or whatever. It's just it's a single black lesbian who is on this IVF journey and it is being depicted in a really real way. And I think it's a way that a lot of people need to see. You know, unfortunately, IVF is it can be less than 50 percent successful. Uh, resulting in a successful and viable pregnancy. So when things like this happen, and they're happening to real people all over the world all the time, yes, it's a comedy, but it's also being depicted in a really way, and people are seeing the actual process of IVF, including the emotional aspects that that, that can be really difficult. Well, I want to talk to you about the sperm donors, because Lisa and I currently are like on a... Um, a a site that you can like shop for sperm Mm -hmm. and to be honest it's really intimidating having that much control over who's going to be your baby father without ever meeting them it's overwhelming so I would just want it to be somebody that we would never meet we would never know because it's I would just prefer that for me and Lisa we've both decided that Mm -hmm. but there's a story coming out that a woman found out that her biological father is actually a retired doctor who used his sperm in her mom's fertility treatment and now she's suing 
can you wait 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 just can can you imagine this woman was this this person is now in their 30s yes took a 23 and me test yes and was like okay let's talk about like you know cuz i know this she knew that she was uh uh conceived through ivf right, right. so i'm going to take this 23 and me test well this doctor who apparently is her father and potentially they don't know yet but potentially other people's yeah. father also signed up for 23 and me did you not think you were going to get caught if you were trying to get away with this but i digress and then now here she is in her 30s finding all of this out that the entire time her mother's IVF doctor in the 80s is actually her biological father. But I have to say, this is not the first time I've heard of a doctor giving sperm himself. Are there ways to like ensure that that doesn't happen now in 2021? Like when we get our sperm donor... I think my doctor has a crush on me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, he's gay. He's gay. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally messing around. Um, he has a crush on your voice. No, right? he, he, he does. He's voice. like, no, yes. he deals with me. He's like, you're very erotic. I'm going to give you a child. <laughs> but I, uh, you're also a child, but I'm going to give you a I'm child. But I'm going to give you a child. Um, Is there ways to still do that now? Because that's terif- That's a scary isn't thought. That, isn't that crazy? Well, there's so many more checks and balances because there were multiple stories like this. And I think we're going to start seeing other stories like this come out with the popularity things like Ancestry.com and 23andMe. We're going to see more of this, but there are so many checks and balances in place now. You're not just showing up to a random provider who's like, yep, going to do IVF with just an autonomous dude. Okay, here we go. And then off you go. That was the story 30-some years ago. Definitely not the story now. Much safer. Love that. All right, well, coming up in What's Poppin', Jeff Lewis is flipping out and recovering from eye surgery. We've got the details next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, in What's Poppin', I... I know that he's problematic, James Simmons. <laughs> that was I, my first my first I question. I was like, didn't are we like mm-hmm. I know he's been a bad boy, but I really like him. <sighs> Jeff Lewis is back in the news uh-huh. for what's popping. Uh Loki, I actually Okay, you know what? This is why people can't tell me things. I tell people's business when they literally <laughs> say, do not say anything. So, a, but maybe that's why. Maybe I, that's why you tell people's business, because they tell you to they, don't I can't. Sing. I just can't keep a secret to save my life, but so I'm, I'm going Hollywood, to. So listen, Hollywood, if you want some tea to accidentally you, be spilled, tell <laughs> Michaela Gordon. Let me know. <laughs> All right, well, Jeff Lewis is on the mend following cosmetic eye surgery that he's hoping will make him look rested. He posted to his Instagram with his four-year-old daughter, Monroe, seen smiling and standing next to him. Uh, One fan joked the best nurse ever. But he said he's already looking forward to the big reveal. He said it's very subtle also. It's like a kind of cutting edge procedure. Normally they suck out the fat, but this doesn't require folding of the skin or stitching or pulling. Uh, They go inside my eyelid, but it doesn't change the shape of your eye. Not a huge difference, but enough to see uh, a very rested look, which I'm all about. I mean, hey, if if someone who is busy as Jeff Lewis, who probably is not very rested, yeah, maybe you know just a just a refresh. Yeah, but just also a refresh. I feel like that's why Jane Fonda looks the way that she does. She like slowly nipped and tucked a little very bit, subtle, so subtle, very stayed on just, top of it. Yep, but now you can't. You can't do too much. You can't go too drastic. You just have to do a little bit at a time. And, you know, medically, there are some people who the drooping of the eyelids 
can actually start to obstruct their vision. Oh, yeah. And you can, uh, your insurance will pay for that as a medical perf- procedure. Listen, I'm already putting money away. My dad is Jewish and he has like very, like, hooded eyes. It's just how it is. Uh-huh, and it's right. very, like, you can really tell. I feel like even at 33, my eyes are a little bit, like, different than even other women my age at 33. They're just I wasn't like little. Say anything. Okay, you know what? I'm an RN. I told you that. <laughs> because of all your, your injectables. Can I tell you a story and then I'm going to let it go? One time I worked for this doctor and I was just like the front desk manager, uh-huh. but I, t- I chose to wear scrubs and he was like, you don't have to wear scrubs. <laughs> and I was like, but I want to. But I want to wear and scrubs. And then I did wear scrubs and then I would walk around and people were like, oh, are you a doctor or nurse? And I was like, <clears throat> mm. mm-hmm. well, I do have scrubs on. Healthcare worker. <laughs> Can't stop me. Um, so. For the nearly 5 million nurses out there. I'm sorry. I, look, I liked you guys so much. Like, I just wanted to be thank like you. you. Flattery Im- imitation. I was like 22. Form, right? Okay. Yeah. Like I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. You okay. mean like. It sounds problematic now that I week. say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm a doctor. Right. And Smith. Didn't we know? We have a new segment called What the Health with Dr. Michaela Gordon. <laughs> coming up next. Faking it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, coming up in the next hour, Joe Biden is reacting to the first day of Pride. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis shares a completely different reaction we discuss in the next hour. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Welcome back. Dr. James Simmons over there creating a soundtrack of a lifetime for this hour. This is is what I do. Welcome to the 7 o'clock hour, everybody. I I love it. You know what? I should have challenged Justin again to do I know. I liked that challenge yesterday. It was making me, it was so much fun. And then I wouldn't have been busted. I know. It wasn't your fault. It was Justin's, actually. You're the guest. Always. I figured this out in two days. I figured it out always. Always Justin's fault. It's always Justin's fault. Uh, No, we love Justin. But we are coming into our second hour and we're having great conversations. I'm so excited because we have a big show today. We have Frankie Grande joining us. Johnny Sibley, um, your friend Carl Clemens Hopkins uh, joining us from the show Hacks, which is so great on HBO Max. And uh, I feel so, it's like, what a way to kick off Pride. If that doesn't say we're a gay station, I I don't know what does. We are like tripling down on the gay today. uh, Yeah. And I love it. Welcome to Pride, everybody. Yeah, it's going to be so great. So that's in our uh, 8.20 hour, I believe, that they're joining us, Justin. Yep. Yeah. Justin sometimes (laughs) gives me notes, and then I'm like, do I say it right now or do I not? Also, I'm loving that you can read Justin's handwriting, too. Like, sometimes I look at the notes and I was like... No, that took us three years. We've done this for three years. And for three years, even sometimes I'm like, Justin, I don't know what that means. You can tell I wanted to be a doctor by my handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Right. Well, we have a great hour this hour. Simba Garrett Pate is joining us for Red, White, and Q to discuss Joe Biden acknowledging the LGBTQ community while Ron DeSantis is Uh, having quite the opposite. But for now, let's get into a little news on the beat. So President Joe Biden issued his first Pride Month proclamation today to honor LGBTQ individuals who are fighting to live freely and authentically, while former President Barack Obama issued similar proclamations. Donald Trump did not. Like Obama, Biden touts the advances made by the LGBTQ community over recent years, from Supreme Court victories to legislative advances. He also calls on Congress to legislation to protect the community. Unity, uh, which we love so much. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Florida doesn't feel the same way with Governor DeSantis. They officially banned trans girls from playing competitive sports on the correct team in a devastating blow to the state's LGBTQ plus community. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed SB 1028, dubbed the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. 
yesterday, the first day of Pride. He said, I can tell you this, in Florida, girls are going to play girls' sports and boys are going to play boys' sports. We're going to do what's right. We'll stand up to corporations and they're not going to dictate the policy in the state. So I I know, I- Justin. Justin, <laughs> I there's know. more. There's more notes going on I in had the to background. Catch, I know. I had. I want you to tell this story about Ron because we're talking to Samuel Garrett Pate, so I wanted to set up our audience so they understood Joe Biden's stance and Ron DeSantis. Now, what Hold I'm on. even more excited to do let me make is some sipping tea wor- noise here. Can you please sip the hot tea? Because more news: the World Health Organization has approved <laughs> a COVID-19 vaccine made by Mommy, Chinese pharmaceutical <laughs> companies in a back for emergency use. We like to do it like that. The decision will allow CoronaVac to be used in uh, the World Health Organization's vaccine sharing program, COVAX, which seeks to provide equitable global access to immunizations. In Peru, the country's prime minister announced a revised COVID-19 death toll of 180,000, more than double the previously reported count. That leaves Peru with the highest coronavirus-related death rate per capita in the world. Uh, Meanwhile, thousands of emails to and from Dr. Anthony Fauci during the early days of the pandemic have been published by some news outlets revealing a grueling schedule for one of the country's top virus experts. They also provide a glimpse into how quickly information evolved as the pandemic progressed. I think it's really important for people to know that that Peru statistic for them means that one in 30 people in that country have died of coronavirus-related death. One in 30 people. That is by far the highest per capita in the world. And this pandemic is definitely not over. No, it's definitely not. All right, well, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 84 in Houston, 108 in Palm Springs. Wow. 108 in Vegas, 75 in L.A., and 73 in New York. Now, before we get your vibe of the day, I want to talk to you about uh, what Channel Q's doing during Pride Month with Ralph's and Food for Less. They're partnering with Channel Q in the Los Angeles LGBTQ Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBTQ youth and seniors in need. Thousands of elderly LGBTQ seniors don't have enough food to eat each month, but you can make a difference with a $25 donation to the Los Angeles LGBTQ Center Pride Pantry, providing an entire week's worth of groceries. Help us fill the fridge by texting fridge to 20357. That's 20357. Now give us a vibe of the day. Forgive yourself for all of the personal habits and patterns you settled for when you weren't in your power. I love that. That's okay. All right. Well, coming up in Red, White, and Q, Sam Pate joins us to talk about Joe Biden's reaction to the first day of Pride and what Bill Ron DeSantis signed and was able to pass. uh, Devastating and a blow to our trans community. We discuss next. I am American. Yes, welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, AJ Gibson is out, but one of my faves, uh, Dr. James Simmons, is joining us. And I feel like we've been having really important conversations, especially it's the second day of Pride. Uh, Joe Biden issued um, his first Pride Month proclamation to honor LGBTQ people. Although Obama had done something similar, uh, Donald Trump obviously never did. So that's a big deal. We're in a very different place than we were last year. Mm-hmm. So we want to break it down with our political expert for Red, White, and Q, Samuel Garrett-Pate. Good morning, Samuel. Happy second day of Pride. Good morning. Happy second day of Pride indeed. So tell me, what do you think? How was it hearing Joe Biden acknowledge our community the way he did? Well, I think, you know, after the last four years, certainly it's refreshing. But, you know, I don't think any of this is a surprise, right? This is a president who got up in front of 
Congress and said, you know, to transgender kids everywhere um, that, that the president has your back. This is a president who nominated a transgender woman to, to help lead the Department of Health and Human Services. Another transgender woman, Sean Skelly, is his nominee um, at the Department of Defense as Assistant Secretary for Defense Readiness. Um, I mean, w- the list goes on, right? From day one, uh, on the very first day, he issued an executive order um, advancing LGBTQ equality. So, yes, the Pride the Pride Proclamation is great. And, and as someone who uh, had the opportunity to go to the White House a number of times um, during the Obama presidency to celebrate Pride, um, it, it's exciting, it's refreshing. But I think what's even more important is all of the work uh, that this administration has been doing since day one to actually advance civil rights. Well, not, okay, so I was <laughs> you answered, you started my question right before I got there, Sam, and I, we, <laughs> no, we appreciate that, though, because proclamations are amazing, right? And we talk about how things like representation and all of those things matters and saying words, right? When Ronald Reagan said the word AIDS first and Joe Biden saying trans kids and all of those things are amazing. But what's the work that's going on in the background? Like, why should we continue to celebrate the Biden administration for the work that they're doing? Or should we be? Well, I think we should be. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, from day one, this administration is working to dismantle all of the damage that the Trump administration did to LGBTQ people. And right when we say LGBTQ people, we also mean LGBTQ immigrants, LGBTQ women, mm-hmm. um, LGBTQ people of color, right? There, every action that the Trump administration took, whether it was specifically about LGBTQ people or about a broader community that we belong to, right? That, that all has impact on, on our community. Um, and I think especially at a time like this, when you have state legislators all across the country advancing an unprecedented number of attacks against um, transgender kids in particular, but trans people generally, having a president who, having a president, right? Not, not, not a governor, not a U.S. senator, um, but a president who unequivocally stands with the LGBTQ community, um, both in his actions and in his words, is really important. Yeah. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're doing Red, White and Q with Sam Garrett Pate. Now, <clears throat> we are so thankful that Joe Biden mentioned trans kids because... That's not the same in Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill yesterday that would bar female transgender students from women's sports. And not only did he get it passed, he did it on the first day of Pride. Uh, so Ugh. it feels like there's a few steps back, so and I, we don't know what to do. Well, it's a lot of steps back. And, and, and certainly, you know, Florida is, is a large state, so um, it has greater impact in in that respect, right? There are just more people that will be impacted by this uh, law that Governor DeSantis signed than in some of the other states. But but these attacks matter when they happen anywhere. Um, and they don't just matter to the people in the state, right? If we're talking about messages that, action, that elected leaders' actions send, um, even to young trans kids here in California, uh, where we are, where we have the strongest protections in the country for trans kids. Um, it still sends a message that there's somewhere out there in this country where this country that's supposed to be built on a foundation of, of equality and liberty and freedom. Um, there are leaders out there in this country who want to take those rights away from trans kids. And, and that's an important message, right? Think about any trans student, you know, regardless of where they are in the country, their 
opportunities for going to college or, or going to work in the future are limited based on these laws, whether they live in that state or not. Um, and then on top of all of that, we just know that regardless of whether a bill passes um, and, and, and is signed into law, the very debate about LGBTQ people's humanity and civil rights has a really detrimental impact on the mental health of young LGBTQ kids. So all of these are really important. Um, and I think to your point, you're seeing this really significant contrast between garbage leaders like Governor Ron DeSantis and, and the president of the United States. Sam, we just have just a few seconds left. I just, you know, one of the things I think we always leave with is what can we do about this, right? Especially those of us who like live in California where things are better than other places. But what just real uh, briefly, what can people do to help prevent more bills like this from happening and to help at least support the kids in places like Florida, West Virginia, et cetera? Vote, 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 vote. It sounds cliche, but elections have consequences. All of this is that bill is only signed into law because Governor Ron DeSantis won uh, the governor's mansion in 2018. Vote. If you don't live in that state, fine. Find someone who does. Call them. Get them to vote. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you so much, Sam McGarrett-Pate. We want to continue uh, yet another conversation as <clears throat> Texas Democrats walked out and the possibility that Trump may actually be back in office by October. <laughs> we'll discuss more with Sam McGarrett-Pate next. I am American. Welcome back to the morning, B. We are American, honey, and we're in the second day of Pride. So we are so happy that uh, Samuel Garrett-Pate is joining us to talk for Red, White, and Q because there's a lot going on. Uh, I'd like to start first and foremost with I play Melania Trump. (laughs) And I have gotten to know Trump. I feel like inside and out, not uh-huh. even wanting to. Oh, so I've been very close to the so rumors of, of him coming back in October. But apparently, they may not just be rumors. Sam McGarrett-Pate, is he coming back or not? August, August, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is, I mean, I think we have to be really careful here, right? Because, like, these are crazy conspiracy theories being thrown around by QAnon supporters. Um, and it's easy to laugh them off, right? Um, but January 6th shows us what happens when we just laugh them off, when we dismiss them. It's like, oh, just a bunch of crazy people. Um, no, like, people are actually being led to believe that the election was stolen. A majority of Republican voters in this country believe that the 2020 election was stolen. Um, and a much smaller group, but 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 much more passionate group, uh, are willing to act on it um, and, and, and believe that he is going to be reinstated uh, later this year, as you said, um, are out there actively encouraging a violent coup or overthrow of the current government to reinstall him. So, again, easy to laugh them off, but, but when people say these things and then they don't come true, people who are counting on it sometimes take action. And we saw what happened on January 6th when we lost multiple Capitol Police officers to the violent insurrection. Absolutely. And uh, you, you're right for us. To, I think there's some trauma there that we're like, we just have to laugh about this because there's no way it can be true. Yeah, but you're right. right. We have to take these things seriously. Now, previously you mentioned voting being like the number one thing we can all do to prevent 
things like that happening again and to protect our community in general. And I want to shift gears just a little bit to Democrat Melanie Stansberry won election to Congress in New Mexico, filling the vacant seat previously held by who is now the Interior Secretary, Deb Haaland. So um, what does this mean? Is this sort of a sign for midterms? I, I can't believe I'm 18 months away from it and already bringing that up. But I, is this a sign that this blue shift might be happening in places, although New Mexico is a fairly blue well, place? Uh, I mean, you know, like any state, right, the the, the area matters. Um, this is a district that in in 2018, um, Deb Holland won. Um, it It is supposed to be a swing district, but those numbers have held up, right? Deb Holland won in 2018, 59 to 36. In 2020, wow. she won re-election 58 to 42. And last night's special election, uh, Melanie Stansbury, the Democrat, beat the Republican state legislator 60 to 36. So we're seeing that um, the, the erosion of support for Republicans in the suburbs uh, is not going anywhere, right? For all the talk about security voters and how, you know, uh, middle class white voters in the suburbs were going to revolt against Democrats because of police reform and, you know, all the things that Republicans have been talking about since the last election. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not showing up in, in practice, right? Like, that's not what's happening. Um, and, and, you know, I think there's a lot of credit, uh, at least in, in this initial win, um, that, that can be given to Melanie and, and her campaign um, and the voters there. But also, uh, I, you know, I have to shout out my my former boss, um, Sean Patrick Maloney, who's now chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, uh, has a tall order ahead of him. Right. Historically, uh, the party that holds the White House loses seats um, in the first mm-hmm. midterm elections. But, um, you know, I think he and his team over there are trying to defy history and uh at least from personal experience, if anyone can do it, I know it's him. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're uh, talking Red, White, and Q with Sam McGarrett-Pate. Now, when I hear of a walk-off, I think of the movie Zoolander, and they're like, it's a (laughs) walk-off. I went to baseball, like a walk-off home run. Oh, okay, okay. That's okay. Uh, But also, a walk-off, a walk-out, if you will, were uh, Texas... Democrats, um, after Governor Greg Abbott said that he will veto funding for the state legislature. Uh, and so what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, I, th- I think what you're referring to is, um, you know, Texas Democratic legislators walked out to deny um, Republicans a, a quorum, right? The, the minimum number um, of, of legislators who need to be present in order to, to take a vote. Um, and, and and yes, Greg Abbott. Um, you know, if we're if we're talking about terrible governors in the United States, we've now covered Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott. Um, <laughs> right. But much. you know, I mean, this is what we're seeing all across the country: is this hyper polarization. Um, you know, it has turned what used to be. Um, I don't want to say used to be. Look, we've always been a polarized and divided country, right? That that didn't just come out of nowhere. Um, but the the breakdown of governance um, is something that has happened more uh, more regularly in in recent decades, right? It's not that there was never any sort of dysfunction. Obviously, we anyone who's had a history class, I mean, we had a whole war against ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But this breakdown of, of basic governance um, has has really been on the rise uh, in 
in recent years. And, and I think Donald Trump's to blame for a lot of that, but, but so are, so are ever, so is everyone else who participates in it. So are all of his followers, all of the um, elected leaders who, who, who spread lies and conspiracy theories on his behalf. Um, and, and to the extent that people do that on the left, right, where they refuse to work together, that, that's a problem, too. Uh, I think it's important to note, though, that walking out of the legislature, um, when you have watched the opposing party just steamroll through rollbacks of civil rights, voting rights attacks, um, attacks against trans kids, uh, you know, I think, I think the responsibility is held by the Republicans here for for ramming through these really awful pieces of legislation and Texas Democrats who don't have power in the state legislature, you know, they're in the minority, uh, exercise one of the only options they had. Yeah. Well, Sammy Garrett, we always appreciate talking with you, good or bad for Red, White and Q. Happy uh, second day of Pride. And we'll talk to you soon. Happy Pride. All right, coming up, big news for Lance Bass and his husbands as they announce a big addition being uh, made to their family in November, and we discuss in What's Poppin'. Okay, so Dr. James Simmons, I'm so excited because Lisa and I have sort of delved, dived into our fertility journey. Mm-hmm. We're really excited. We, we know we want babies. babies. Do you guys, do you want babies? We used to, but now we're old. So we don't want babies. Okay. We also have 17 nieces and nephews between the two of us. Oh my so God, like, so it's like, dead. great. Well, then you can we're have dead. a few more when we have our children. You can play with them. <laughs> not babysitting. Uh, but there's some big news in what's popping. No, babysit me. Oh, wow. And then well, uh, they the go out. Probably, like, Just leave me alone. Clean and yeah, stuff they got to do, I'm coming over for you to babysit me. <laughs> we babysit you already. This is I what I'm doing it. here <laughs> in the show right now. Babysitting <laughs> Michaela Gordon. <laughs> well, there's some big news coming up from Lance Bass's camp. Now, I know that they've been trying for quite some time. He was on our show talking about how much uh, they wanted to be fathers and to have children. And so they just made the announcement that they're going to have twins, a boy and a girl. It's going to be incredible. And they're due in November. And I think it's so sweet. Now, um, I think they're the perfect age, too, because Lance is 42 and Michael, his husband, is 34. Uh, They said it's just been quite the journey. And I know that it's been really, uh, it's been hard. They went through nine different egg donors, which is rare. They got all the way down the path of about to retrieve their eggs and then just some wouldn't produce enough eggs. Some weren't good genetic matches. And if you're not going to be a match, you don't even want to risk it. Uh, it was a lot during the pandemic. So they're so excited. They look so... This okay. has been a big... So happy. This has been a big um, like year and a half for Lance, though. He opened Rocco's yeah. and then was able to survive the pandemic. Uh-huh. Now he's buying Rage across the street, which is another huge gay oh, club. I didn't know that. Did Good you know that? No. Yeah. And now he he's... also is in progressive commercials with Flo. I love like, it. That yeah. has to be a, a, a career. That needs to be. Flo is a star. Career highlight. Well, for he's Lance doing Bass. really good. So uh-huh. congratulations, guys. Yes. I'm so happy for you, Tata. We love babies. All right. Well, I'm very excited because in our next hour from the hit show Hacks, we're talking to Carl Clemens Hopkins. <laughs> I'll help you out. Carl Clemens Hopkins. I totally just <laughs> got the spelling so wrong. If you don't know that I'm Ron Burgundy, if it's any sort of spelled wrong. Uh-huh. Or if there's a hyphen there. And Johnny Sibley. It's over. And Johnny Sibley, uh, we're so who I already adore. He already DM me. I said, I'm so excited. He said, me too. So everyone's very ready oh for gosh, this interview. You are uh, not ready. And we can't wait. Coming up next. And we're halfway there, honey. 
wanted to make you wait for it. No, I know you did. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, so we like to play this on Wednesdays at 8 Pacific. It's halfway through our work week. Nice. And this gives us the rev that we need. Is it actually halfway through our work week, though? Because we only had a four-day work week this week. I mean, I don't need need that tone is what I don't need. Well, actually, what I need to... What I don't is need is for your Justin criticism. to do his job better. And you know like, what? Halfway through the work, we really would Take be like midnight, right? Take that tone over right? to Justin, okay? Because I don't need it today. I mean, they I told when you my plate. when you gave me the memo that like whatever you do, blame it on Justin. Like it really worked. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> And then I get my mic turned on. I know. Then I make a mistake. And like, it's Justin's fault. And Justin's like, he's like, I am, I am the one with the power and control. Listen, it's been so fun with you, Dr. James Simmons. I adore you. I, I love doing the show with you, and too. And like, I like totally like, meh. Okay. Well, we're not. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you are honored. <laughs> you should be honored. You should be, I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. People pay to like be in your people presence. People want to be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Sometimes. Uh-huh. Occasionally. Not all the time. Only at the Botox it's clinic. Except them when they want my, when they want me to do my Botox. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be talking about news or yeah. something right now? All Don't right, you well, have some news on the beat for we us, do. We've got Fine. major news. But first, I do want to say yes. really big interview. I'm so excited about. Thanks to Very you. Soon. Carl Clemens Hopkins is joining us along with Johnny Sibley from HBO Max's Hacks. We're discussing uh, what it's like working with Gene Smart, which, I mean, Ugh, come on, is that legendary. incredible? Right. Uh, and I'm so excited. Yeah, I did. No. Was I not allowed to say it? Can I not brag about myself? I think you can. Can I say something? Yeah, well, I think then, this if is. If you're going to brag about no, it, bring attention to it. I think this no. is the news on the beat. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. And I don't want to take away from we'll I mean, we see. No, we'll see, because you never know how it goes. But I will be yes. on Jimmy Kimmel tonight <gasps> as Melania <gasps> Trump, along with our very own John Domenico, who will be playing Trump. I, I, I'm very excited. First, and I also first. put these two men uh, through hell yesterday. It was great, Being though. like, what is it going to look like? <laughs> what should I do? And everyone was like, can you just shut up? And no, I was no. like, maybe. I think the surprise that you have for America later on is going to be worth it. Well, she's an author, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, let's get into news on the beat. My name is Melania. <laughs> The U.S. Chamber of Commerce has announced a nationwide initiative to address the worker shortage in the U.S. According to the organization, there were a record 8.1 million job openings in the United States in March 2021 and about half as many available workers for every open job across the country as there have been over the past 20 years. Now, the chamber has suggested removing barriers that prevent people from entering the workforce and helping people acquire skills needed for certain jobs. Best Buy CEO Corey Berry identified four reasons why it's so hard for companies to hire workers right now. Scant childcare, ongoing healthcare concerns, more competition, and changes in expectations and tolerance for working conditions. Did you notice? He did not mention people being lazy and making more money off of the government than they do oh. when they go back to work. That is not the case. Yeah, no, he didn't do that. Yeah, yeah it's that's interesting. Interesting. How that works, right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's get into a little weather. There's a lot going on. It's going to be a high of 72 in New York. 
108 in Vegas today, uh, 108 in Palm Springs, 61 in San Francisco, 81 in Atlanta, and 70 in Cleveland. Now, before we get your vibe of the day, something really, really great is happening thanks to Channel Q. Now, during Pride Month, Ralph's and Food for Less are partnering with Channel Q in the Los Angeles LGBTQ Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBTQ youth and seniors in need. And it's super easy. All you have to do is text FRIDGE to 203 Five seven. Uh, whatever donations you make, they'll be doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less. A lot of people really don't know this, but um, awesome. our LGBTQ seniors oftentimes don't have enough food to get them through the month. Mm-hmm. And the LGBTQ Center works so hard, even through the pandemic, they stayed open to be able to provide resources for our community. Uh, just $25 even could provide a full day of hot meals. Uh, $10 could do so much. So text FRIDGE to 203 357. Also, we're going to be talking about the LGBTQ Center with our uh, final interview of the morning, Frankie Grande. He's also doing something really great for the LGBTQ Center. Uh, For now, though, why don't you give us a vibe of the day? Ooh, our vibe of the day. Forgive yourself for all of the personal habits and patterns you settled for when you weren't in your power. I love that. Now be in your power so you can be nice to yourself. Uh, coming up, I'm so excited from the hit show Hacks. We've we got go. the stars, uh, Carl Clemens, Hopkins. Who can actually sing? You know, he's in Hamilton, right? So he Maybe can he will join us. Maybe he will start and singing. And Johnny Sibley. I remember when you said you were going to turn his mic off, Justin. Remember when we had that plan going? Sending you to Las Vegas. Why are you here? I got a call this morning saying that you wanted to meet. Well, Jimmy sent you against my wishes. Good luck with your career, honey. Excuse me, did you have something else to say? Yeah. So cool they let you move into a cheesecake factory. Is that where you wait tables? That seems like a better fit. I'd rather sling bang bang chicken and shrimp all day than work here, you classist monster. (laughs) We can start early tomorrow. Oh my god, that is audio from HBO Max's Hacks. Uh, Gene Smart is incredible, and I feel so grateful that we have some of the stars joining us. Now, uh, you may know, previously best known as a standout in the original Chicago cast of Hamilton, uh, and now starring opposite the incomparable Gene Smart, Carl Clemens Hopkins is on the line with... TikTok star, baby. <laughs> Didn't know this was it. him. In Didn't know this was him. Uh, I fell in love with him on Pose season one. Also the host of Logo Live, and now also part of this incredible cast. We've got Johnny Sibley uh, joining us here on the Morning Beat. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Oh, they're both being shy this morning. <laughs> I mean, we drug you both out of bed super early. We're like, I'm... we need you to be on the phone with us at 8, 8.20 in the morning. Uh, how wild. Okay, I I have to start with a little bit. I, I First, Carl, you get to... And Johnny, you have a couple of scenes with her as well, but we just we just have to go there, right? This is this is really Gene's smart show ultimately. But yeah. Carl, you get to do work with her so much in this as a, as a co star. What just really quickly, yeah. like, what is it like working with Gene Smart? It's it's really really quite wonderful. Uh, she's been doing this well for so many years, <laughs> right. and it uh, kind of takes. There's an ease and a clear joy and passion that she brings to her work that is infectious. And uh, this is a production where she's having, I believe she's having a lot of fun and she gets to do a lot of things and, you know, fulfill some 
fulfill some dreams. So I'm I'm honored to be in the number. Uh, it, it, it's just really great working with her and um, her capital every day. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, I want to ask you, you know, we talk a lot about queer representation and why it's so important, especially of our black and brown community. Um, but you are now and have been that queer representation that people really what? need. Uh, how does it feel joining yet another very diverse cast, knowing that so many little babies are looking up to you and and also you, Carl, feeling like now maybe they really can do what they want to do? Yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can speak for Carl, but uh, at, at first it's kind of like, oh, yay, I booked a job, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that doesn't even come Very into bad. the mix until later, until you start getting the messages and the things like that, where you you realize that you that you're part of a bigger picture. So it really does feel great, especially because we're telling stories. You know, a lot of them are are groundbreaking, but some of them are just you know, like regular and mundane and like the, the boringness of being queer, which is super fun too, because, you know, every story is not, it, it doesn't need to be groundbreaking. Sometimes our stories just need to be told in the most like normal, you know, normal, whatever that means, but like in the ways that make it so relatable to, you know, not only our queer family, but like everyone else too. I think that's, that's yeah, tremendous. That's I love how you say that. Go ahead, Carl. It was just to go on that, I was very excited to play um, a queen with a job and a favorite account. In yeah. fact, yes, yeah. there's other, you know, um, uh, plot points and dramatic moments or what have you, but what John was saying, it's like, it's really encouraging. I think it's probably encouraging for a lot of people to see, oh, someone whose sexuality or queerness is not the conflict of their story. Mm-hmm. It's merely a part of it. And it, it's it's handled really, really well. I, at least I feel that way as a viewer, as a queer mm-hmm. black man. I sort of feel that way as a viewer. Like, this is not, it's part of who your characters are, and it's part of who you both are, but it's not the conflict, right? It's not the thing that yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wanted to sort of ask a little bit about the, the relationship between the two of you, not to give uh, much away if folks haven't caught up, but we do know that there is a little bit of a relationship between the two of you. And how was that able to play out um, sort of on camera and then as well behind the camera, like you two working together for the first time? Tell them, Carl. <laughs> go, go ahead, Carl. Well, I'll, 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 I'll start by saying this, and then I'm sure Johnny will have much better things to say. Um, not giving too much away. Our relationship is, you know, my character is a very hardworking, non-frequently practicing homosexual in her personal life. And Johnny is this prince in utility shorts who shows up one day and catches <laughs> his eye. And uh, what I was grateful for was to have a instantly cool and professional and wonderful working relationship so that when we are on camera, we're just kind of having fun. And when we're not on camera, we're just continuing to get to know each other and have fun. Um, but yeah, Johnny, please expand on, on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's such a fun thing to just, like, play in a queer relationship, especially when, you know, off camera, we're just like, we can crack jokes and have fun. And it just makes everything on screen so much easier. Cause a lot of times you get, you get pushed into these situations and you don't know if you're going to genuinely vibe with the person or even like them. Mm-hmm. 
So it's really mm-hmm. nice. It's for me, like with everyone on the show, we like we just get along when the cameras aren't rolling. So it makes it a lot easier. Um, and on screen, you know, it's funny watching the show. I was telling Carl the other day, it's so nice to see the way Marcus is with everyone else and then the way he is with Wilson. And it really just, like, sometimes it goes to show, like, in queer relationships, how we really just open up and we really show our most authentic selves to our partners rather than the rest of the world where we kind of, like, hide behind these, like, uh, you know, these things that we put up because of, you know, everything that we go through and we deal with. But it's just such a, such a nice thing to watch, not only as a viewer, but also to experience as an actor as well. Well, it's so incredible. We're so happy that you guys have joined us. We'd like to come back with you. You know, we discussed earlier this morning that Ron DeSantis passed a trans bill, anti-trans bill, at the start of Pride Mm. Month, only yesterday. Um, And it's, we want to talk about the importance of Pride, what it means to you, and why we still have to celebrate uh, where we came from. If you guys will stay on the line, we'll be back with more now listen i was already very excited to have the stars of hbo max's hacks what i did not know is that one of the most viral tiktok songs <laughs> which you're listening to right now which we are listening to also comes from one of the stars johnny civilly i'm so happy that you guys are joining us and carl clemens hawkins i do have to say listen we were in a pandemic and everybody just went to TikTok. Everyone had to like start just making content yeah. if that's how it happened. Did you expect for that to go so viral? Because it really did. Absolutely not. Especially because I recorded it from my bed, laying down, <laughs> watching another queer boy just dance his life away. Stop. So I didn't, but I'm, I'm really happy that that of all the videos that that's the one that, you know, that went viral. Uh huh. Yeah, isn't that? I think it's kind of amazing. And now it's actually a song, right? Like it's been remixed into a it's song a that hit. you can buy. Oh, it'll it be in the clubs for sure. <laughs> Find me at the Abbey, like, honey. I'll be twelve on the dance chart. It's number yes! 12 on the dance show. <laughs> because it's good. You, no, it doesn't. You're like, I will literally. Anymore. At one point, it did. Oh, at one point. Yeah, it, well, it still oh. will be. Now that uh, Abby and everything's open, I'm going to death drop to it. I mean, it's going to be terrible, but I'm going to. <laughs> but I love that so, one of the things, Johnny, not only did you do this, you to this queer boy getting his life, but then also like your voguing video in front of anti-queer LGBTQ protesters in New York went, went viral. You've been out there. Not only are you the pumpkin spice latte girl and Julissa, but you out and proud about your <laughs> advocacy so have you carl like both mm-hmm. of you are are out and proud and big voices about this and carl actually i'm, I'm going to start with you like on the heels of ron DeSantis signing this horrible anti-trans legislation now the eighth state to do this like what does it just feel to you like what does pride mean to you right now on the second day of pride being who you are and where you are honestly it's a reminder to continue showing up for the community to continue fighting and Honestly, a lot of this, all of this, are people who are scared making decisions. Mm -hmm. And we need to no longer allow scared people to make decisions. And uh, if that means that we are a bit more vocal, a bit more aggressive, a bit more forward in getting what we need as humans, then that's what it's going to take. So we see how far they're willing to go to their fear. So we need to go even further in our pride. 
Johnny, I want to ask you for um, maybe our LGBTQ youth and for people that might feel a little afraid to come out. I'm very thankful. You know, when I was younger, I didn't have anything mm -hmm. as far as lesbian representation that right. I really related to. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we've come a long mm -hmm. way. And so I'm happy that there are shows like Hacks and, and Pose. But what advice do you have to our LGBTQ uh, youth looking at us, also seeing these anti-trans bills, wanting to come out but being afraid? Uh, I, I feel like it's, it's important for anyone that's young to know that it's a journey and that you don't like, if you see me dancing in yeah. front of protesters, just know I, I wasn't always that comfortable in my own skin mm -hmm. to do something like that. I've also, Carl's also, we've all been through the journey of like comfort with our, with who we are as queer people. Um, and, you know, to just reach out to people that are, are near you and, and to take baby steps. You don't have to, you know, be on a pride float and be, you know, loud and proud just yet. Just take your time, but we'll be here to support you no matter what and what through whatever step of the journey. Aww. Yeah, that made me yeah. cry. I feel like it's very important. You do come off so confident, obviously, and you're so, so funny, and your skits are incredible, and same for you, Carl. And I feel like it's important for the youth to know that we weren't always like that. So right. I think that's such a beautiful message. <laughs> yeah, not always like that, and also be proud of who you are in this moment. Mm. That's all you have to do. If in this moment you've admitted yeah. it to yourself, whispered in a shower alone, so be proud of that yeah. and go from there. Wow. that's Thank you, Carl. Because I, I think so many people are always looking for it. And when I grow up in the future, it gets better sort of thing and not really being where they are now. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, And th then I'm going to ask you this question because <laughs> we kind of want to know what's next, right? Like horrible transition, James. But like being proud no, of where not. you are right now. You're doing right a beautiful now. job, James. We're not doing Thank this you. today. Thank you. Oh, no, that, that's right. Not, that was my vibe of the day. You sounded wonderful. Like I'm in my power. And yeah. my power right now, you two are in this hit show on HBO Max. Um, Johnny, you were part of Pose that is now wrapping. But we want to give you both an opportunity to sort of let the listeners know kind of what's coming up next i happen to personally know that carl has a huge project coming up next but johnny we kind of know what's going on with uh we want to know what's going on in, in your life what's coming up next yeah um well for me i'm just you know enjoying the fruits of this labor <laughs> um right now the show it's really i mean I, I i know that carl like and i talked about how much we loved the show while we were filming we're like well, it's actually really good we're so excited because you know you work yeah. on a lot of stuff where you're like well it's a check <laughs> you know but um just excited <laughs> excited for the rest of um hacks to come out and everyone to see there's more for them to take a look at when it comes to Wilson and Marcus. So stay Yay. tuned. Um, and that, and just um, do, finishing up on Logo Live season two. So every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern. So check it out. Uh, but that's about it. Yeah, and also planning your world tour for Hit It, just all the singles you're going to be making now. It's like you're slammed. You're so busy. Uh, you know, though, speaking of a beautiful voice, uh, Carl, your voice is phenomenal. Uh, coming from the original Chicago cast of Hamilton, will we be getting any new music from you or what's going on? Oh, dear. Uh, I doubt it, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> uh, who knows? No, right now I'm uh, actually currently um, directing a few beginning stages of workshops of different theater projects, different uh, queer theater projects, which I'm very excited about uh, because that is uh, yet another place where representation and uh, understanding is still creeping margins um, as theater starts to come back. 
but I'm also excited because a couple years ago, actually now, I got to do a small role on Candyman, which is uh, Mila DaCosta directed, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II and all his glory, um, stars, <laughs> and, and I play a definitely queer-leaning artist who is um, not very kind, and so it was very fun to do that. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up at the end of the summer. But like Johnny said, really just enjoying the fruits of the flavor and uh, trying to have the best pride back outside that I can. Yeah, well, oh, please you do. just coined that, Carl. Yes. Pride back outside. Pride back outside. Well, you should <laughs> enjoy your fruits. Last year was very difficult. And to be... Yes. Oh, no, no. I was just complimenting you to be able to film during a, uh, a pandemic and to do all the things you've done. Enjoy it. Lean into it. Right. The show is incredible. Please. And thank you both so thank much you. for coming on. We really, really appreciate it so much. Yeah. Check out Carl Clemens Hopkins and Johnny Sibley on HBO Max's Hacks. We look forward to talking with you soon. Now, hit it. Hit it. Hit, hit it. it. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Now, give it to us, Johnny. <laughs> All right, so uh, JoJo Siwa is back in the news. Now, Dr. James Simmons, I low-key didn't know how I felt about JoJo Siwa because mm-hmm. the bow stressed me out. I don't want to be rude. Like, <laughs> my niece loved her. Legit staring at a picture of her right now, and I was like, what is going on? I know. I'm like, then? come on, so take a bow out. But... She then came out, uh-huh. and I was like... And the kids stand. Okay, the kids, the kids stand. are standing so hard yeah, for her. big time. Uh, but she's now saying that she's trying so bad to get the kissing scene with a man removed from her upcoming movie. She just wants it out. Uh, she said, I'm madly in love, and I do not want to kiss another human, especially because it's a man. That's what they look at me as not some character, not some fictional thing, and so it's going to be a little weird. Uh, she's trying to get it pulled. But I, I mean, I think that it's interesting because I, with Lisa, like I'm a singer, right? So I do music videos and I like to act, and so I've had to have the conversation, you know, with Lisa, sometimes I'm going to have to like play a role and doesn't mean I have any less feelings for you. I'm like acting. And so mm, that's an interesting take on it because I didn't I didn't necessarily go to that take, but it, it's a it's an interesting one. I sort of was thinking is like, what's her motivation behind this? Is she doing this as a representation thing? Like, so I, I essentially what I think Jojo is saying is as a member of the LGBTQ community, I want to represent that not only in my personal life, but also in everything I'm doing in front but of the she's, camera. She said she's queer and technically pansexual, pansexual people kiss men correct i also think that regardless of an individual's sexual orientation that that doesn't always have bearing on things that you do in movies neil patrick harris has kissed women before and played a straight a very famous one of the most legendary straight characters on tv like i'm not sure but i don't think that that took away from neil patrick harris's cisgender gayness either right seeing jojo siwa kiss a man i wouldn't be like oh she's not queer anymore she's not repping the community i'm saying she's an actress 
Uh, and that would make sense. Part to of me. the role, but I also wonder. I feel like there's more here that we're not learning because it. I, I so I don't want to jump to conclusions about like you know what what JoJo's necessarily motivations are, but I feel like there's something else here that she's trying so hard to get the scene removed from this particular movie. I just I'm I'm curious about it. I think she's young. I think she's young, and I think that she wants to show her girlfriend Kylie that she's like obsessed with her and all about her, and she's a baby and. She's She's saying, let me take a stand. I don't want to be kissing any men from this point on. Uh, but as a 33-year-old woman, uh, JoJo, I would keep it in because you're an actress, babe. It doesn't take from your being in the community. It's You're doing a role, uh, a job. Absolutely. In fact, it might even com- uh, uh, contribute to you being in the community, like showing your versatility. And I don't know. I might have just rolled my eyes. Yeah, really no, hard. I think I did too. <laughs> All right, we're coming up in our final hour. Uh, marriage and family therapist James Gay joins us, and we're discussing Naomi Osaka and the depression she has opened this. up Ooh, about in the next deal. hour. Coming up. Welcome back to our final hour here welcome on the Morning back, Beat. Welcome, welcome back, back. Welcome back. Ah, take that. Uh, oh my God, we bosses. did a duet. We you don't even it. know that I was going to know. <laughs> But we did, we did it. that. This is, I told you, AJ Gibson, I'm coming for you. I, we really get along well. <laughs> I know. This is, they <laughs> put it. two of us who are a little, a little bit. A little uh, loony, you know, but I like it. It works. Uh, Dr. James Simmons, I've had the most incredible time with you. And as we go into our final so hour, our conversations are staying really great. We're joined with uh, marriage and family therapist James Gay discussing uh, Naomi Osaka. Uh, talking about depression and her mental health mm, and, and what's going this. on. And yeah. then we're joined with Channel Q's fave, Frankie Grande, to talk about how he's benefiting the LGBTQ Center, uh, how you can help. So for now, let's just get into a little bit of news on the beat. There's a lot going on. Now, with the chamber tied 50 to 50 between both parties, the Senate would need to kill a parliamentary procedure being used by Republicans to effectively kill the legislation. Uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema both refused to do it and have put the brakes on Biden initiatives to fulfill campaign promises to progressives and minority communities. Cinema is one of is one of only two out senators. Senator Tammy Baldwin supports ending the filibuster as a way to advance LGBTQ civil rights, among other initiatives. Ugh, this filibuster is is out of control. I know. And wild. And gotta, if we don't get rid of it, we need to amend it. We got it. We got to do something because this is just it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, another news: Florida has officially banned trans girls from playing competitive sports on the crack team in a devastating blow to the state's LGBTQ plus community. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis signed SB 1028, dubbed the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, into law on Tuesday, uh, the first day of Pride Month. What'd you say? I said, that's complete garbage. Just garbage. Just garbage. Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Come on! He also said, I can tell you this, in Florida, girls are going to play girls' sports and boys are going to play boys' sports. Uh, DeSantis said at a news conference after signing the bill, he said, we're going to do what's right. We'll stand up to uh, corporations. They're not going to dictate the policies in this state. Now, DeSantis' decision to sign the bill into law means Florida has become the seventh state to bans to ban trans athletes from participating on the correct team this year so far. Allowing scared people to make decisions. Out of fear. <laughs> and and ignorant, ignorant meaning uh, not having the knowledge, right? And out of fear making these decisions that are impacting so many people. And by yeah, the way... Did he even bother wishing us a happy pride? No. <laughs> Like at the very least, could Did have been you like, think he was hey, going happy to? Pride. Yeah, no, not yeah. Ron DeSantis, hello. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Ron. Ron DeSantis. 
Okay, I'm done. That's I have to do this. Or that's right. Do you want me to do the next story? No, just oh, we no, have a minute oh, left. No, do, you have... <laughs> do you want me to do the news on the beat? I got it. I'm gonna go into weather now. Oh, I feel you, like that's do you want the me best. to do the weather too? Yeah, you can do. Gonna it. I'm gonna give you a vibe. You just give it. Yeah. Okay, I, I know that it's gonna be 108 in Vegas today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 108 in Palm Springs. Yes, it I is. think it's 75 in Los Angeles. It's uh, 84 in Atlanta. Drag me, Daddy. No. <laughs> that's yes. all from memory. You have a beautiful brain. <laughs> we have under Hartford, Houston. We have so many places. That I'm sure yes. it's not going to, it's going to be above freezing. Yeah, in and those that's cities exciting. As well. Listen, that when is, I started doing the weather, sometimes I'd be like, it's going to be really cold. Next week. <laughs> that does not count. That is not a weather and report. Our program director was like, that's enough. Michaela, it's not funny. And um, I was like, roll it back. Roll it back. <laughs> well, I used my one and only. Right. It will be above freezing everywhere you're listening to. I love it. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, before we get to your vibe of the day, uh, during Pride Month, Ralph's and Food for Less are partnering with Channel Q and the Los Angeles LGBTQ Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBTQ youth and seniors in need. Text FRIDGE to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBTQ Pride pantry. Uh, donations will be doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less. Ralph's and Food for Less are on a mission to end hunger by 2025. During Pride Month, they will double your donation to help fill the fridge for LGBTQ homeless youth. 20357. Text FRIDGE 20357. Now give us a vibe of the day. Forgive yourself for all of the personal habits and patterns you settled for when you weren't in your power. I love that. Just get into your power now. Well, somebody who is in their power is Naomi Osaka and she's taking a stand. She said my mental health is more important as she walks away from her tennis career. Marriage and family therapist James Gay joins us to discuss coming up next. Okay, so we talked about a story yesterday of Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the 2021 French open because she felt like she was very honest about her mental health, her depression, anxiety, and really just asked if she could do less media. She instead was met with being fined Mm -hmm. if she did not speak to the media, which begs the question, are we falling into this trap where mental health just doesn't matter anymore? But also, how brave is Naomi? Now, Dr. James Simmons, we discussed this, uh, but we wanted to take it to our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. We talk so much about mental health. Uh, why is it important that Naomi Osaka is speaking up? Oh, it's so critical, right? I mean, by being vulnerable in this way, you know, it really helps to destigmatize mental health. You know, the response to her has been pretty great. You know, a lot of support and encouragement from fellow athletes along with the media and other sort of sources. And so it really helps to to decrease, uh, you know, mental health stigma and, and you know, promote us prioritizing our mental health and well-being as part of being an elite athlete or doing our best that we can still achieve excellence and take care of ourselves in this way. James, you mentioned elite athlete. And this is a a question that I've actually had a really hard time with when people have asked me, what do you Mm -hmm. say to the people who say to elite mm-hmm. athletes like Naomi Osaka. Well, you signed up for this. You, I hate that. You are, you are an elite athlete. You're the number one ranked uh, tennis player in the world, and you have all these massive mm-hmm. endorsements, and you knew what you were signing up for, including having to do post-match pressers, which she is the really big thing that she pulled away from. What do you say to folks who say right. things like that? 
Well, I mean, the basic gist is that we're all humans, right? Even elite athletes. <laughs> we all suffer from depression, anxiety, mental health issues, whether it's a chronic or, a, you know, however intense it is. This is part of the human experience. And as much as we like to promote and idealize and other, you know, elite athletes and objectify them in this way, it's just not helpful. You know, this, this really also, I think, taps into what I think is underlying a lot of this stuff, which is toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. It's this idea that you can't be vulnerable and successful. You can't show your feelings or, you know, that it, 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 it just, it's, it's this insidious thing within our culture and capitalism, but also in sports that, you know, to admit that you're, you know, struggling or having issues is to de admit defeat, which is just couldn't be mm -hmm. further from the case. It's so devastating. Uh, we are joined with marriage and family therapist James Gay talking Naomi Osaka. Now, a lot of celebrities have come out and said they agree with Naomi. They stand with her and they feel really bad. But it doesn't seem like media is still willing to change. So what do you do? Because I think it's really sad that a young woman has trained her whole life to do something mm -hmm. that she loved. And because she isn't being respected in the way that honestly anybody should be respected um, yeah. is being, she just now has to like quit the entire sport. That can't be an answer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's so all pervasive and it's been, you know, what we've anticipated expected for decades and a long, long time, right? It's really only in the last, you know, 10 years or so with that research has hinted at that, that there's more understanding and acceptance of this, but it is still all pervasive. You know, it's, it's this concept that, you know, we're only as good as what we are constantly achieving. And so there's no room for um, vulnerability. It, it perpetuates perfectionism and this idea that our worth and our value come from our successes and, you know, it's short-lived. And so we have to constantly be pursuing this. So, yeah, there's a lot of problems with this. And yet, you know, I think uh, it's being highlighted in this case and in other athletes, you know, elite professional, well-known athletes that are coming out like Michael Phelps and, you know, Ali Raisman and, and lots of others that are just saying, look, you know, we can still pursue excellence, but we need to be mindful of our mental health and well-being, you know, just because it's not observable, we can't see the injury, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And we need to attend to it, acknowledge it and treat it like we might a physical injury. Can you can you expand on that just a little bit more? Because that, that's kind of one of the other things I'm hearing a lot is like, how could you, yeah. you earned $55 million in endorsements last year, you won two mm. majors, like how you Naomi Osaka, you're 21, you're dating yeah. a rap superstar, like, how can you be depressed? <laughs> like, what do you <laughs> what do you have to be depressed yeah. about? And yet here we are. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is an extreme amount of intensity and focus and time pressure that is on elite athletes or people that are excelling in general, right? It's, you know, I, I'm recalling when I was an elite gymnast and competed at NC2As and USA Gymnastics Championships. And, you know, I didn't have the, 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 the success that she has, but the, I know firsthand just how many sacrifices and just even the, the toxic culture that can exist in sports even today where the demands are so 
many, you know, not just in, you know, performing at our best, but then off the court or off the arena, having to actually talk about it, you know, with press and those kinds of things. It's, there's just so many demands that, you know, even, you know, even a superhero has to rest and sleep. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's true. And I feel like people uh, just really have to understand that uh, if, oh yeah, no, go. No, I just, I, I, you told us about your former Olympic uh, uh, and gymnast stuff. I just have to ask you as a, I'm a total fan for Simone Biles. Like I'm Ah! crazy. Uh, How did you feel when you watched that video of her landing the Yurchenko double pipe? (laughs) Oh, incredible. I was jumping up and down. I mean, amazing. She is an incredible athlete. And again, even in this case, right, she was the victim of sexual abuse by, yeah. you know, um, the, the, uh, people within the sport. And the U.S. Gymnastics Federation has not done a significant job, a good enough job at protecting uh-uh. its athletes. You're right. You know, so this is yet another example, like someone can be at that level and still the victim of abuse and still suffer from all kinds of other things that are going on. Well, we appreciate you uh our marriage and family therapist, James Gay, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Now, coming up, we're very excited because Channel Q's fave, Frankie Grande, is joining us to talk about how he's celebrating Pride and how it benefits the LGBTQ Center coming up next. Now, as we're entering Pride season, we're looking forward to having Pride come back. And it's so important for our community to be able to connect and have safe places to go. And even if it's not in person, they can still come together virtually, which is why we adore our friend Frankie Grande and all that he's been doing uh, with Rainbowthon, which is so incredible. It's happening again this year. You've raised so much money. There's performances from Deborah Cox, Shangela, who we adore, Kristen Chenoweth. Welcome to the show. Thank you for all your hard work that you're doing and talk to us about your event. Oh, my God. I'm so happy to be here, you guys. Happy Pride. Happy Happy Pride. It's so exciting. I love waking up this morning and just seeing my entire Instagram feed flooded with rainbow flags. It was just it was a lovely way to wake up. I feel like I should wake up like that every day. (laughs) Every every single. Frankie, I'm surprised (laughs) that you don't every day. Well, and the little pride, the little rainbow pride words that came in, right? Isn't that so fun? Have you seen that on Instagram yet? They're great. Oh, my God. Wait, what? If you hashtag Pride or Pride Month or Pride with a rainbow behind it, it makes the word rainbow colored. Oh, I didn't stop. Even, I did yes. that, but I didn't know that I did that. Um, so I will go check it out now after <laughs> yeah. this. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you for teeing up Rainbowthon like that. I mean, it is you know our, technically our Pride kickoff event. So you know it's happening on uh, June 3rd at uh, 6 p.m. PST on my Twitch channel on Rainbowthon.org. And yes, as you mentioned, we have some beautiful, amazing, wonderful guests this year. It's a whole uh, some repeat performers from last year, some brand new people to the Rainbowthon. Um, it's just basically me. And my friends getting together to celebrate our you know amazing queerness and um to raise money for the amazing los angeles lgbt center and all of the unbelievable work that they have always done and have continued to do while COVID has impacted them so um you know devastatingly the community and and you know the charity organization also they, they require more support than usual because of how you know COVID just makes everything more expensive and also people are just showing up in droves so yeah. we need to kind of um, help even more. So it's been really um, a wonderful. Um, I'm I'm really excited about this project. Yeah, I mean, fifty five thousand, nearly fifty five thousand dollars last year was raised, yeah. 
And I think, you know, people were really feeling this last year, you know, everything had to be virtual and COVID has disproportionately impacted our community in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think people don't think about sort of your local center a lot of times, like the LA LGBTQ center. A lot of people yeah. don't think about that. And, and Frankie, what's like your connection to LA's LGBTQ center? Like, why is this like so important for you? Well, it started with AIDS life cycle. You know, I went to um, a, char a charity performance at AIDS life cycle um, of drag Queens at Mickey's. And I swear to God, I'd never cried so much in my life. Like mm. somehow they touched something in me that was like desperately in need of healing. Um, and so I went um, on AIDS life cycle um, two years in a row. And then, of course, this third the, and through that, I got to see the center. I went to the center. I saw the youth center. I saw how um, the amazing work that they do, like trying to help people like because we say the local community. Right. But mm -hmm. when you, the people that are at the LA LGBT center are from all over the country and the world because people when they're kicked out of their homes when they are um they, they're afraid they're sad they don't know what to do um they get on a bus and they come to hollywood because there's something about this city which is like the the big dream city right like everyone mm -hmm. thinks oh don't worry when i get off of the bus of hollywood it's gonna be great everything's gonna be fine and then you find yourself tricking on the street because you can't make ends meet and living in a box so the right. the fact that um so many people from all over the world come here and the center will take people in in that situation um they have um uh, um you know a people for a center for a place for people experiencing homelessness they help get them um give them skills they let they teach them how to be sous chefs they um dress yeah. them they send them to interviews also there's a senior citizen a center for people who you know like maybe didn't have kids you know, and so when they're finding themselves later in life, they don't have kids to take care of them anymore. So who are going to take care of them? So there's a senior citizen center. And I cannot tell you how many of my friends have gone to the center to get tested, to get treatment. If they do come back positive with some, you know, lovely STD because they were out partying too much on during Pride weekend, whatever the hell it was. Um, and then also to find out um, uh, um, therapy. They have therapy, mm. yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm sober and I, you know, so a lot of my friends are also, you know, struggling with um, addiction and with alcoholism and the center will also help those people and provide them with free therapy. Like these things are crazy. Like yeah. it's amazing, an amazing organization. It's, it's phenomenal. I have a few friends that also uh, go to therapy there as well. And I think it's important to note that when everything shut down last year, the LGBTQ center did not. Even yeah. amid mm -hmm. the pandemic, they kept their doors open. They kept things uh, still available for our community, which is why I think it's so great what you're doing. It's your second annual Rainbowthon, June 3rd. Uh, there's going to be Laith Ashley, who we adore, Shoshana oh Bean, one of our dear friends at Voice of an Angel, Alexandra mm -hmm. Buildings. The list goes on. Billings, the list just goes on. If people want to be able to tune in, they want to help, what can people do? You can go to rainbowthon.org um, at 6 p.m. PST uh, this Thursday, June 3rd. Um, and you can, or you can watch it on my Twitch channel or my Facebook page. Both are at Frankie J. Grande. So I really hope to see you guys there. Ah, oh, that's amazing I and wonderful. It. And more importantly, the ways that they can donate will be there, right? Like during yes. the show, like how Absolutely. people can donate. Click to it. donate, click to donate. Please come, please give money to the center. It will be um, so amazing because as we said, like we're they're keeping their doors open. They're, they ain't closing and they've just been doing it. So every single little bit of help is greatly appreciated.
you know, before we let you go, what you're doing is so important. And obviously you've given so much to our community, but we're entering pride. It's our mm -hmm. first pride that we're trying to navigate outside of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And people, I think, are scared to come back out. And I think that people already struggle with maybe being gay and then now having to navigate this new world can be a little intimidating. What advice would you have for somebody listening that may feel that way? I feel like it's kind of, there's two things going on because if you were in WeHo this weekend, it, there's nobody's scared. Nobody's scared. Not in West Hollywood, they weren't. Just not anymore. Dropping, dropping trow and twerking in the middle of the street. Yeah. So I feel like there's two things going on. Those people, maybe calm down. The other people, um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I do, I just know what you're saying. Like, you know, cause it, it is, um, we've kind of as a society moved against, um, social interaction for the past year and a half. So if you're someone who's struggling, like to be um, out in in public like I can imagine that being so much even more difficult now because mm -hmm. you haven't even been in public for a year mm -hmm. and a half mm -hmm. um, so to those people I say you know take your time don't rush yourself you know find your online community then you know come to these online events like you and I, I always say that when you do come out and when you um, do embrace uh, the LGBTQ community they're gonna embrace you right back so mm -hmm. you're going to find your tribe. You're going to find your chosen family. And um, as long as you're in a place where you can do it safely, because I still know there's a lot of places in this country, hello, and hello. also in the world where it is all, it's still not safe to come out, which is just shocking. Um, so if you're in one of those places, get the f*** out. <laughs> as soon as you possibly yes. can right. and um, let us wrap you in a big rainbow flag of protection because we mm. got you this LGBTQ plus community is so strong and we are only getting stronger so um, fi find us and uh, or we'll find you and um, we'll, we'll, we'll protect you but like honestly um, do it on your own time but know that you're gonna when you do come out like it's the greatest experience on the planet it really is incredible thank you so much honey love you the morning beat thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us on this second day of pride we'll sing it out loud if you're gonna sing it this is my last opportunity to sing because i'm not you know we, there's that moratorium after the show last week did or last week yesterday yeah. we got that whole company-wide moratorium that was like all on-air talent are allowed to sing except for dr james simmons when oh he well that's hosts. yeah that i i wrote that email <laughs> <laughs> it looked a little suspicious i went into but... jeff fetterman our boss's office and i wrote the email you were like please i God was like i want to be the singer no, I'll, tell, I'll tell you something good james tell is me. never gonna sing ever again well mm. why don't you tell me something else good because there's a very sweet story so about this an ex-felon i love it so this was i don't want to give the, the whole tea away and we have a little bit of audio for this which is really great, but uh, a, a, an ex-Fallon was in front of a judge years ago and the judge challenged him to say, instead of being out there selling drugs, why don't you become a CEO? Why don't you do something with your life? And turns out the guy did. He challenged me and he said, um, Mr. Martel, I dare you, be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company instead of out here selling drugs. I knew what I wanted to be, but you know, when you come from a place where I come from, I don't. I didn't grow up knowing any, any attorneys. Oh my God, that's just so amazing. It just shows sometimes. I, I had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday that sometimes we're just limited in our beliefs because we don't know mm -hmm. that it's limitless. Matters. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. uh, the judge goes on to have some really great words for his now attorney friend. 
He's like so many of the other people that become in front of us. They're talented, they're brilliant, they have abilities and skills that if you're not looking to make people's lives better and connect with them, you're only going to see the person and the offense that they're charged with. Wow. And he, uh, isn't that something when you're looking at, as a judge, you're looking at someone who is there in your courtroom because of a crime that they committed, but you still have it within you in your humanity to see this person as a person, yeah. to see them as a, as a human. And he did not become a CEO, but he did become a lawyer. You How know, great. It reminds me of the story I saw, and then I'm going to tell this other good story. Uh, there was a woman having a full melt- meltdown a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if it was like a psychosis thing or what, but she was freaking out. And everyone was kind of freaking out too, because they were like, we don't know what to do with her. So the woman behind the register walked around and she said, can I hug you? And she was like, mm. no, okay. And then the woman hugged her and she totally calmed her down. Wow. And it was like, sometimes we just need a little humanity yeah. and grace. Uh, and this next story shows yeah. that as well. After a grandpa's wife passes away, his granddaughter takes over giving grand, uh, haircuts to her grandfather. And it's so special. He said, it's such a special time. I'll cherish these moments forever. Um, he, sh- the granddaughter says, my grandpa always kept a comb in his pocket and he loved it when he pulled out and we combed his hair. His daughters did it when they were kids and it's fun to do it for us. Uh, that's so sweet. I used to put, my papa was so cute. I used to put rollers in my grandma's hair mm. and then I would put rollers in my papa's hair because I also wanted to have him put sponge rollers in uh-huh, and he was like he was a little italian man like very masculine mm-hmm. but he let me but put those pink it. yeah he did and oh. i loved it. it was so special um wow. it was so sweet oh. all right you got another little tell me something good yeah just a cute little one since we're like uh you know <laughs> it's tearjerkers because that one sort of got me going this little eight-year-old boy has the two most important things in his life his pokemon collection one of when them is very rare by the way and a little puppy who was super sick and the family could not afford the vet bill. I know. I'm about to cry. Wait, so what? He sets up a sign on the side of the road, says Pokemon for sale. No! To sell no. his prize Pokemon collection to pay for the vet bills to pay for his little black lab puppy. I can't! Wait, that's oh. so sweet. Did he do well? Did he make money? Well, they ended up setting up a GoFundMe. So smart, right? The original goal was $800 for the vet bills. They raised, at this point in time, more than five thousand dollars oh my god that's so sweet that's so smart Uh, baby eight-year-old selling his pokemon i know for his little doggy i would literally sell my house for my dog i think i'm a wild person when it comes to my dog we're obsessed (laughs) obsessed anything oh no I'm well, like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Uh, you oh need my God. me? Okay, what? let's go. Right. I'm coming home now. Whatever you need. Uh, well, I love you. Th- Dr. James Simmons, I had such a great past two days with you. This was uh, so You fun. call in all the time. We're so thankful that you do, but Thank I love kicking pride off with you. You're Absolutely. so great. You need your own show. Ah, thanks. Um, I think you're incredible. Tell somebody. But we, uh, <laughs> I will, I'm going to talk to somebody. We'll be joined uh, for the next two days with Dr. Jen Mann uh, as we finish out uh the conversation about lesbians and kicking off pride and talking about some of the most important lesbians. Next week, we go into uh, the gay. The the gays. The gays. (laughs) Uh, Until then, wash your hands, wear your masks. Uh, Thank you to all of our incredible guests. We'll see you tomorrow.